Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Lads, the Man Cave. It is February, and it is the 6th of February, in fact, and that means we're going to do a little mental health check-in with everyone. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight by three people. I will introduce them in just a sec, but the point of tonight's show is just to raise awareness about mental health, just to check in with these people here and a few people in our community and see where we're at and see if we can work through some things. So if you're not interested in that, please move on to the next episode. Uh, if you are interested in that, please hang around and you might find something that you enjoy or you might get something out of it. If you don't, that's okay as well. Uh, let's go into our very, very special guest. This is the man I love talking to. We don't get to talk very often. He is the most professional mental health podcaster I've ever talked to. I think that we can go there. It's Wes. How are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Jeez, <laughs> that's a blast from the past talking about that. How long, long did you time. actually release a podcast? It's it would be at least eighteen months now. I would say. There you go. Hmm. Wow! But yeah, maybe so life, closer to two years. There you go. So life has gotten in the way. We'll go into your life in a sec because I want to check in and see how you're going. We had a bit of a chat beforehand, but we met. Uh, all of us have been podcasting around gaming for a very long time. Uh, we met through. Different channels. Did we meet at PAX at one stage or not? Not me. No. I've never been to a PAX. I've there always tried, but I've always had conflicting events on. There you go. Back when Tom Clancy podcast was at its height, so I think we worked uh, a lot together because you mm-hmm. were a Division fan, weren't you? I was. Very, very much so. Division 1 was very deep into that for a long, long time. There you go. So... That's where Wes has come from. Yeah, you had a little podcast series. Can you explain to people about it? If they want to go back and check out some episodes of it, why not? It's If, if it's still up there, there was a couple. I, I, I was doing a photography one for a couple of years, and then I was doing a men's mental health one, which was one-on-one conversations with people. Link Cal, you were uh, you were on yeah. for an episode at one point. I sure did. All three of us were, I do believe. And yeah, that was, that was one-on-one conversations with uh, with. People that I knew, uh, guys that I knew that had experienced mental health difficulties in varying degrees at some point in their lives. So, so I don't throw expert around too often, but uh, you're as much of an expert as I can give you, mate. Um, I don't know I'll anyone take else. It. Yeah, that's it. I'm also joined by Cal, as always. How you go, mate? Not too bad for another Tuesday, mate. Not too Tuesday bad at already. all. Another wow. Tuesday already. Haven't done enough practice for any of the racing we've got this weekend and probably feel massively undercooked. But hey, what's 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 different from the normal, right? I know. We've done this before. Uh, we've got a race between now and then too, and you might actually join yes. us this time as well. Uh, yeah. I've got, to make oh, my, <laughs> I've got to make sure my neighbours don't decide to come for an impromptu catch-up. <laughs> yeah. You mean uh, race events because you've got friends. I yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of <laughs> speaking of friends, butters, mate, how are you going? And thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, just enjoying, uh, I don't know, playing games and stuff. How how's Yakuza? How's the new, how's the new how's the new episode? Yeah, it's, uh, absolutely absolutely wild. Uh, I have so far done a parody of Pokemon, Pokemon Snap, and Animal Crossing in the game. So. Okay. This is why he doesn't need to play anything else because yeah. they just put everything in Yakuza. <laughs> he'll be playing Sea of Thieves soon in Yakuza and then he'll be playing real life. It's pretty uh, much the, like that anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much that anyway. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm the Yakuza I'm good. metaverse. Yeah. I'm sure Yakuza will rip off Pal World soon. <laughs> yeah, probably. <Yep. laughs> hey, mate, I've chucked 50 hours in the Pal World. Don't you diss Pal World? I'm not dissing Power World at all, but they well, look mean, a lot like Pokemon. I'm just in saying. A, in a way, they probably already have taken the piss out of Power Pal World and Pokemon at the same time <laughs> because they've got the Sujimon, which, you know, you go and you fight people and then it fills up your Suji decks. Um, those people, <laughs> you can, you then go and you fight in like against the elite, uh, well, sorry, the discreet four, they called them. Um, and like they've got guns and shit like that. So, you know, it's a little, little bit yeah. of both. Yeah, that Nintendo. That's okay. Yes, Nintendo will will strike people down soon. It's okay. Mm. Anyway, that's enough gaming for tonight, I guess. Um, look, the inspiration for tonight is uh, well, I guess I, I haven't. I've been pretty open. The last eighteen months has been pretty shit for me. Um, I think 
from experience the last 18 months, if not longer, has been pretty poor for a lot of people I know. Um, just recently, I've been catching up with a few friends. Even just today, I uh, found out a, a mate's just uh, come out of ICU and um, drug alcohol addiction is the problem. And it's at the point where it is, um, it, it'll go one of two ways. And one way is very bad, and the other way is obviously good. And uh, so that I uh, got uh, people with um, people I know with uh, marriages that have got DV situations. Uh, talking to them, you've also got the other friend is on the other side of the alcohol thing, where they're they're stuck with, uh, or not stuck with, but they're now looking after a whole family on their own. Um, there's all these different situations that I keep on. You don't have to look far before someone is. I'm okay, but when you scratch, obviously, a little bit deeper, and you can see, I, I, this situation with the alcohol, I could see, I could see some signs. You know, people liking certain posts when you're only only the posts about mental health that you're putting up. Uh, you can see them pretty much loving them straight away, but nothing else. And you're like, well, something's going on deep there. Uh, a friend of mine was posting stuff and that's where I reached out and said, hey, what's going on? And that's when I uncovered all this other stuff. Um, there is a very big nature out there of I'm okay, um, everything's fine, I'll deal with it later, um, all that kind of stuff. And it not only weighs on you a lot, but it physically takes a toll on you as well. Uh, I know during my worst, I was just physically exhausted from everything that was going on. Um, a lot of my probably weight issues, a lot of my um, pain and backs and shoulders and all that kind of stuff, even headaches was tied to everything else that was going on. And when I've got a life of a business and everything else that's going on, I know Wes here will go into your life at the moment, but you've got about 50 million things going on. Um, it's just really hard to for everyone at the moment i know like we mentioned last podcast stevie jar went through the hell of christmas and new year's with the um the tornado and then the the floods up up in you know down in, on the gold coast and stuff like that my other friend went through that and she's just lost a husband and a brother in the last two or three years like this stuff is just happening to everyone and i find i've fell, fallen out of touch with a lot of people um, just purely because of things that are going on and I go insular and I, I, I just hold everything back and don't want to burden anyone. Um, and this is the change this year is trying to reach out and be closer to people that I used to know and, and get in contact with and find out what's going on with people. So I'm trying to do that a lot more. So that's the inspiration behind this podcast. I want to throw to you, Wes, does that sort of ring any bells or does that, that trigger anything for you? Or Oh, God, yeah, it does. I mean... You, you can rewind the clock. You're talking about at Christmas time, the cyclones and the weather that hit northern New South Wales and Queensland, and you you just go back further than that. It feels like for the last four years now, in the big scheme of things, it's just been one thing after the other, and we haven't been able to have a break, you know, from COVID hitting and lockdown issues and then where the economy's gone after that with rising interest rates, hence Obviously, we'll talk about that with my position now, working two jobs, a lot of hours because I've got a mortgage to pay and I've got three kids to look after and put food on the table for. So it's kind of in the situation of you just do what you got to do to make it work. And you know whether I come out the back end of that, you know, I feel fine at the moment. I don't feel like I've got any issues, but that could just be the extended fight or flight. And when that stops and everything calms down, who knows what? my state of mind will be i have no idea yeah well you're talking night shifts that are, are, are nine to 12 hours before we started the thing plus a day job on top of that um just the sleep patterns because it's not every night do you find the sleep patterns is something that really knocks you around as well it can do depending on how busy it is the the luxury i've got with the day job is i work from home and run my own show so if I'm working a, a night shift that might start at four o'clock or six o'clock at night, and that might go through till anywhere, could be two, three, four o'clock in the morning. More often than not, I can get two or three hours sleep in the afternoon, just after lunch, before I have to go in, which helps, and then come home, get another three, four hours sleep. And then generally, I won't back it up and do two night shifts in a row during the week where I'm working the day job as well. I'll just do one shift like I did a shift last night on the Monday night and then I'll, I won't do another one until Thursday night. 
Um, but ideally, if I can keep them on the weekends, I do. And you've got three kids as well. Three kids, <laughs> yes. So one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a seven-year-old now. So one-year-old's first birthday on Friday, actually. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Oh, so. And times, times one-year-olds are really very, good for sleep as well, I hear. Very, she, well, <laughs> she wasn't last night. I got home at about 2 o'clock last night, and normally I come in, I stay downstairs for a little while, try and be very quiet. But as soon as I came through the front door, Ellie came downstairs with the baby and was like, you're home now, you can take this one. She was <laughs> wide awake, just pinging at 2 o'clock in the morning, super happy, not sad or anything like that, yeah. laughing, giggling, looking around, but just decided she didn't want to sleep. Fair enough, future gamer in the making. I yeah, potentially. Think. I'm trying to get all of them into it, but the oldest one sort of doesn't show a huge amount of interest, but we'll see how we go. Uh, we mm. can't be perfect every time, Wes. It's all good. Just do um, what parents did with sport and just force them to play games and then they'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, trust so, me when, they get a, when they get a bit older, they just, by osmosis, just somehow come back to it and they're like, okay, now welcome back to my world. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to check in, like, Butters, you, you are the most chilled person I know. You are the most happiest person I know. I do my just, best. <laughs> everything goes normal. Is that true at the moment? Um, well, so far, everything's okay. Um, we're currently looking to do a few upgrades on the house. So, you know, that's um, sort of a thing that we've got to deal with. Um, because we want to get some air conditioning in, and then we found out that, oh, we don't actually have any insulation in our roof. And I'm like, oh, it's really good in summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really good in winter. Like That, that explains too much tank about top the winter, during but... winter on your stream. Um, but yeah. It... I thought that was for the clicks and the views. Yeah, that's it is absolutely for the clicks. <laughs> so I'm showing my cleavage. Um, but no, uh, so yeah, we're, we're going through that. So like, it's one of those things, like owning a house, something always pops up that you're not expecting. Um, and also, uh, I think it's about two weeks before we leave our fixed rate on our mortgage. So I'm like, oh, that's going to be real fun too. Yeah. At least they didn't raise them today, I guess. That's true. Um, what, still 4.25 or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to know. I think mine's closer to seven, to be honest. Yeah, but I think well, the, I mean, cash rate, the cash rate, I think, is like oh, 4.35, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I lost track of it. It went up so quickly just recently. I mean, our, our mortgage is probably going to spike a little, to be honest, because we've been moving into fix, but uh, out of fix, sorry. But we have the option to refix it. But it's like, do we want to be massive? Do, do that because that's going to lock us into another two years of a hefty interest rate when things might settle down. Yeah. Well, everyone's predicting that second half of the year that interest rates will start to come back down. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that they're not going to go up anymore. Uh, fingers crossed. I'm an optimist. But, yeah, second half of the year, hopefully, we'll start to see some cuts. So, the banks have brought their fixed rates down a lot recently, but mm. I probably wouldn't be fixing now. Mm. No. Uh, I, we got to make some time to talk with our mortgage guy and just be like, so... What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. What, what's the best, best option do. for us at this point? Now, it's not Cal, like we wouldn't be able to afford it, but you know, it's yeah. don't want to lock into like a eight percent for two years. Well, I think it's eight or nine or something. It's like two, two or three points higher than what the, the variable variable. Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, like um, obviously fixing it a couple of years back would have been a smart idea, but you know, horses are uh, bulls bolted or horses bolted. I can't even think of the yeah. thing. But but our mortgage guys like you definitely want to fix to start with. Because yeah. then, you know, it locks it in. You can cover it. It's fine. But then you'll move into, because we went the um the fixed to variable one, so we can refix it at any point kind of thing if we want to. Yeah. So we're going to at least wait for it to not be uh, just tearing our pants off trying to get to us so we can, you know, save a bit of money over the next couple of years. Yeah, try and get ahead. I don't know how to do that. But I'll, I'll, I've just got to win the lot of that. <laughs> I think we'll go into that a little bit deeper with Wes later on because I think we're in the mm. – obviously, uh, interest rates is, is what's forcing the double thing. But I want to talk to Cal for a second because mm. Cal doesn't look a day under 60 and he's only about, what, 35. So he's just very stressed-looking man. Look, you, I, I know personally you haven't had, had the best last four, 18, 12, two years as well. 
Um, mm. How are things at the moment, though, for you, mate? Oh, look, I think things things are on the way. I mean, we probably, I think, between I, I had and, and Wes and I spoke about this on the podcast, I had a very intriguing COVID period whereby I managed to bury my mother, sell my mother's house, navigate COVID with kids at home, two, at the time two primary school kids at home, while trying to navigate work, doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things and people freaking out kind of potentially because it was more fear of the unknown, came out of all of that and um, kind of were sort of back on the way up. But, like, I honestly say that probably the last, although things are generally like things are in a, in a row and things are going okay, I literally just, due to workload, literally had to drop shit and it ended up being that between, like, kids at school, work, all that kind of stuff, I just stopped content creation just for the mere function of the fact. And I think, Wes, you could probably relate to that and Wilco, you can as well, that it's just the last thing you want to do, not because it's not rewarding and enjoyable. It's just you've got too much other shit to, you know, other shit to do. Mm. And, um, you know, you just need to kind of focus on what's important and not saying it's not important, but it's there's far more things that are more important. So, um but that said, I think I and and work was a bit weird. And like in regards, I felt like I was sort of just going through the motions. So over over the summer break, I kind of did a bit of a a reset and sort of said, "Well, you know, do I want to jump? Do I want to move? Do I want to as in work? Do I want to do something completely different?" Blah blah blah. And started actually actively kind of putting some things in place to kind of move my move that part of my life forward again. I've started going back to doing content creation again come up with some ways that I can do it with a, as little amount of effort as possible, whether or not the quality is any good. I'm sort of not necessarily caring as much, um, but it's starting to be within the time that I've got so that I'm not kind of overcommitting. And I think that's probably the thing that um, I struggle with the most is kind of overcommitting and then just just seeing, you know, and just trying to swim. And that's something I'm really cognizant of right now is just, you know, focus on, doing the things that you do well and then if you do find time do a little bit more don't kind of just go yeah i'll do that and just barrel into doing a 12 hour because i've got time to do that right but yeah <laughs> no i mean that's that's where i'm at at the moment so things aren't too bad i mean we, we we've definitely felt a bite uh, post coming back from the states um from our holiday financially as well with you know you know our our both my wife and my salaries haven't magically increased in value yet Interest rates have gone up four times, you know, cost of food's gone up, cost of everything seems to have gone up just magically um, for whatever reason. Um, and, um, yeah, it's still, you know, we're not definitely not on our ass, but it's definitely back to, you know, definitely watching our accounts and making sure that we're doing everything fairly closely. So I'm very keen to see some some tax breaks and some interest rate drops and stuff like that just to get ourselves a bit of breathing room back again. Oh yeah, completely understand that. The um the tax breaks will be good. That's not till mid year though, I believe. Mm. So but the interest rates hopefully drop. That's where I was talking to someone the other day. Like pretty much you don't swing very far before you're talking about interest rates and stuff like that. Mm. Or cost of living. I love the meme at the moment. The most expensive car you'll drive in twenty twenty four is a is a shopping trolley. Yep. Um oh, yeah. and <laughs> and um yeah, you know, the, there's people doing, you know, a mate of mine's doing car detailing on the side so he can, you know, have a little bit of extra cash because their house is just coming off fixed as well. Or just they've just built it so it's coming off the oh, the yep. portion that you you pay just for the land. They're going to pay for the whole thing very very soon. So that's all happening as well. Um, while like you said, Cal, everyone is trying to get their share. And you know what? I've got a business that relies on people spending money to um, actually stay afloat because i deliver mm. parcels you would think okay cool we're going into this quiet period it's ex- everything's gonna be great we're delivering 20 percent more parcels each day than we did this time last year so that's the added pressure of i've got to come up with money to pay people because people keep on spending money somehow i don't know how that works but um i well i sort of do but i don't i, I there's a whole thing of every person i talk to these days is like i'm over people that's the common thread. They don't want to be interacting with people anymore. Have you found no. that at all, Wes? Uh, yep. 
Yep, <laughs> most definitely. It, in, I mean, especially in the day job, like I work a sales job, which involves me being out on the road, meeting meeting with people face to face, and whether it's people I work for, competitors, clients, more and more people just want to do stuff. Just send me an email. Just people don't want to talk on the phone anymore, let alone actually catch up and meet with someone face to face. Now, that's probably levels to the layers to that and that's a lot of that is people are just like we're talking about people are stressed people are super busy uh so it's just quicker and easier to just send an email send me a text message but it's just even for you to interact with other human beings we're social creatures it's it's in our dna we we can't survive in solitude as human beings we need people around us so it's just, it's so important that people catch up for coffees and sit down, have meetings face-to-face with people or social catch-ups. Don't just text, don't just talk on mm. the phone or through emails and messages. The, the face-to-face stuff is so important. Yeah, it is. And um, that's I've, I've made a point the last probably six months of trying to catch up with people that I haven't caught up with for a long time. And um, that's been good just to sit there and chat and, and hear stories from people. Um, which we'll get onto a few stories we've got soon. But, um, Wes, cost of living, forcing you into two jobs uh, two jobs with your kids, like what? when was that decision made? Like what kind of, what kind of a chat did you have to have and, and what kind of point were you at when you had to make that decision? So, look, I, I'm really beneficial that it, it was my father-in-law works for this construction company in sales and it was at the time similar to what you just mentioned, we were building a house and we were going through those stages, right? Where So we're paying rent where we were living and yep. then as each stage is completed and you submit the invoice to the bank and the bank pays that, then you've got that percentage of, of your interest that you're paying on that stage of the build and that continues to add up and you're paying that while you're paying your rent. And while this is all going on, we're watching interest rates go up. So our build pretty much started when interest rates started to go up. We've been in the house now just a bit over a year and just watching that go up, I'm sort of calculating in my head what our mortgage repayments are likely to be when we move in and it's at the point now, it was at the point where it was looking like it's going to be more than double the rent that we're paying. Whereas when we first signed the contract and we're looking at the build starting, it was going to be maybe 100, 150 bucks a week more. But then it just kept going up and up and up. And then through just discussions with my father-in-law, he said, look, you can come and do some casual work on the weekends with us for some extra cash. And I just, I didn't even think about it at the time. I was like, well, yeah, 100%. Like, I have to do that. And it's been almost two years now that that's been happening. Um. And like I said, look, it, it, I make it work. I, I, I don't overcommit where to the point where I'm, you know, you know, falling asleep during the day, working the day job, or I'm, you know, it, yeah, it's dangerous that I'm to be driving and things like that. I don't go too far. I know when to say no if they ring me and say, hey, can you come and work tonight? But like I said, I, I just, in my headspace, I say I'm really lucky to have that opportunity because there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity mm. where if I was working in an office and I had to drive half an hour, 45 minutes to work, work in an office, nine to five, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. The fact that I work from home, I can make I can juggle it. I can make it work and I know it's temporary. Hopefully, towards the end of this year, I can pull back and stop doing the extra stuff and the night shift and things are looking positive for that. And then if we couple that with interest rates coming down and cost of living coming down, fingers crossed. Does it feel like the the, the light is at the end of the tunnel though? You definitely it, think you get it, that? It does. And I guess the other side of it too is that with moving into the house, having this second job has allowed me to do a lot with the house, like building the decks out the front, out the back, doing other work, the concreting, everything else that we needed to do, and then paying for other things that the kids need and things like that. There's those sort of things that I guess are fulfilling and make it worth it, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Like you're seeing a reward for all the hard work. It's just, yeah. Yeah. At some stage, sense, your body's just... going to go, hey, what are you doing? But you're a fit man. You're a good looking man. You you should be able to handle it. Yeah. You know, but, oh, fuck God. What well, I'm I'm 40 this year. So ah. I'm, uh, I have started feeling I've got some tendonitis issues in the forearm now. I sort of have a bit of an ankle niggle. I don't know if that's. Who knows you'll, where that's all coming from? You'll get that one day, Butters. You'll you'll understand. Oh, yeah. nearly yeah, there myself. You too, Cal. So. You too, Cal. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got the I've got the you know wake up in the morning and there's there's another little niggle or a grow you know niggle or a sore pain. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had that muscle. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started shouting. At the, I haven't started. I haven't started shouting at people to get off my lawn yet. So that's that's coming soon. Oh. So no, I, old man yells at cloud. <laughs> I would yell at Cloud if I could, to be honest. Um, I've got the front yard and it's green, and then there's there is a dog that's weed on it, which made one brown spot. So I I am very close to being the and I, it's not a rocking chair, but it is a chair on the front lawn. I could sit there with a shotgun quite easily and be feel it like I'm at home. So <laughs> yeah, real Queenslander, get the get the bobcatter hat and start just ranting ranting whimsically about anything and everything. Uh, or whatever makes you happy. That's it. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> Look, I'll, I want to throw to a, a story. Uh, there's not much we can say. Like, these are just people sharing their stories, which is what I wanted. We're not going to be able to sit there and answer questions or anything like that. It's just something that you you know someone else is going through, like, problems. You might be able to relate to it. You might be able to see a sign that says things aren't right, but maybe this is it. But um, I just want to read your story. This one is I've checked with people if they wanted me to say their name or not. This is from Buzz. So if you're in our Discord, you know Buzz. Uh, if you're watching the 12-hour this weekend, you know Buzz. Uh, so I'm going to quickly just move this over and, in, and put it in front of your face. You guys have read this one, hopefully, if you've done your homework. If you haven't, that's okay. Certainly have. Um, mental health battle. I've got no glasses on at the moment, by the way. This is oh, interesting. Geez, I wear glasses these days, by the way. Um, I've suffered from depression you for don't over eight years now. <laughs> No, I don't. They fog up. They fog up. Um, The root cause of my depression was mostly from my experience as a volunteer firefighter. I've been a volunteer. I've been a firefighter for twelve years, and unfortunately, the downside to doing such uh, that sort of work is I've been exposed to certain situations and events that have left an impact on my life. My experience with depression came on a few years after being exposed to traumatic events with the fire brigade. I had the naive mindset when I was younger that those sort of events didn't affect me and at the time they probably didn't and therefore I didn't look out for the signs, symptoms of depression. A few years down the track, it crept up on me slowly. First, my sleeping habits changed uh, and I was getting bugger all sleep. that then flowed onto the mood and behavioural changes, swings, and eventually it got me feeling worthless and thinking that it would probably be easier. I was no longer here. Some days I would have, I have thoughts driving from home from work and what if I swerved into that tree? Some days I would get home from work, I'd go straight to bed and shut my uh, and shut straight down from what felt like extreme exhaustion from all the intrusive and unhelpful thoughts and I would experience what I would describe as going mute. I honestly couldn't physically communicate with my partner and eventually came out of that current episode, which would last hours. These episodes really distressed my partner when they occurred. It took me way too long to recognize and admit that I was struggling and needed help. The stigma of toughen up you haven't got it that bad was consistently ringing through my ears and I guess my mindset was if I told myself that I was fine, I didn't have a problem, then it would eventually go away and sort itself out. I would like to point out that I had access to wonderful support programs and resources through the Fire Brigade and new Beyond Blue and Black Dog Institute, but my attitude was I didn't have a problem. kept me going from kept me from going near those resources and seeking help. I eventually sought professional help on two separate occasions. The first time after speaking with my GP, I did some work with a therapist and to be honest, it didn't really gel with them and threw in the towel thinking I wasn't going to get, it wasn't going to help. 
After slipping back into my depression, I sought help again, probably one and a half years later, and they and was placed on antidepressants and am currently working with sleep specialists to try and get my sleeping back on track. I can say that as of now, I'm feeling tenfold better and am no longer the shell of the person I was. Yes, I was. I will still have bad days, but with the support and coping measures I've now got in place, those days are much more manageable and allows me to continue the work I do as a firefighter without the fear of falling back into the mess I was in. I love the work I do as a volunteer firefighter, so I would never change my decision to join up all those years ago, even though it was it has led me on the journey. It has many rewarding aspects that I will remember for the rest of my life and I am proud to the work I do. If there is one thing I learned through this journey, it is not to be afraid to admit you might have a problem. Whether it might it may be big or small, reach out for help. It's never weak to speak. I hope that telling the story may encourage others to seek help and it also and to also check up on your friends and family. Sending positive thoughts to you all. Wes, does that How's that go for you? There's there's a lot to talk about in that. Mm-hmm. And first responders, the the rate of mental health problems and, and issues faced in first responders is I think it's double the national average. Yeah. Because this one thing that people don't realise, especially fireys, fireys are generally the first ones on scene for car accidents, all sorts of stuff, you know. And and some of the things that they see in house fires, car accidents, all that those those events that they go to would be horrific. I my first I played baseball most of my life. And when I was coming out of juniors, going into seniors, my first senior baseball coach was a firefighter. Um, so I have been very close with him for a long time through growing up and through my baseball career and he had to retire because of the mental health issues from being a firefighter and look he's doing a lot better now he's obviously found the help that he needed to find and he's found other you know creative avenues he's getting right into photography and stuff like that now which I think has probably helped a lot to have that creative escape his headspace as well and obviously getting out of that environment is is one first responders the second one uh, us blokes we are far less likely to seek help as well i think i think the average for adult women in australia seeking help for mental health issues is it, is it about 50 percent? and for men i think we're at about 35 percent. so we have that mm. Exactly that. What Buzz said, that whole toughen up, sweetheart. Nah, I'll, I'll be fine. It's it's all good. I don't have to worry that I don't have a problem, which we need to shake. And I think that's a lot of our generation. I think the younger generations are probably better at talking and seeking help, whereas us, the old blokes, we just go into our shell and don't talk to anyone. I think we could probably all relate to that. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Um, yeah, look, it's, I was ringing and hearing, I'm uh, reading and hearing a lot of stuff from there that, that, yeah, rings lots of bells with me, obviously not the firefighter side of things. That's just a whole special can of worms that I'd look, shout out to all those guys who are first responders. Uh, I watch, you know, you watch a TV show and you see the dramatized versions of stuff like that. I can't even, I, I can watch them barely, like at times. Some of those are just nasty, but then the, the advertising, like the ambulance, Australian ambulance show on TV before when we were trying to watch Survivor, and um, I'm like, nope, that's not not a show I need to watch. I'm sorry, but um, it's yeah, just just crazy. But yeah, so much of that of um, shutting down, um, thinking that it's all going to be okay. Um, but yeah, so the, the main aspect is talking to people. But I, like I said at the end, like the part I like at the end as well is checking on your friends because as I posted, as I said at the start, you never know what people are going through. And um, yeah, you just don't know. So Well, especially now as well, I think it's close to, it's close to one in two people in their lifetime will experience mental health issues at some mm. point. So if you think about it like that, like... 
just looking at my family, I've got myself and Ellie and I've got three kids. So half of us mm-hmm. are going to have mental health issues at some point. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, and, you know, there, there's the whole thing of, you know, it, it's hard. You, you, you talk to someone, like I saw a therapist during the middle or the start of, of, of my, my real down patch and, and you know, talking not just to that person but talking to friends when I finally got to t- tell them what was going on. Like my business is a massive stress, stress on me um, and me and my family, to be honest, and um, explaining the situation and talking, that that just made a big difference. But um, talking to therapists and like the first thing is, are oh, you going to harm yourself? And like, no, I'm not going to harm myself. You know, I you would, you obviously think, Maybe things would be better without you here. You maybe think, hey, if I just, um, I guess the best way to describe it is if there was a truck coming at me, there's a, there's a split second where I go, well, maybe I just don't jump, that kind of thing. Um, all these thoughts in your head, you know they're stupid and you know, like, you, you know you're not going to listen to them 99% of the time, but sometimes people do. Um, but just the stress, as you said, the stress of thinking and having those thoughts and trying to explain to yourself that those thoughts aren't right. And and you come home, you're just exhausted just from that. I, I 100% um, can sympathise with with that side of things and um, the sleep patterns and then killing your sleep patterns, like um, me having sleep apnea, um, way just made everything 100 and or maybe 200 times worse uh, than what it was because you're just too exhausted to deal with everything. So I guess I'm making it about me and I probably shouldn't, but that's the, <laughs> the buzz... Uh, look, it's a great story. Like, yeah, no, no, I, it's not a great story, but it's a story that, that had, had to be told, which is good. Mate. So thank you very much for that. But I, I think it would be a story that a lot of people would relate to. And There's a lot it. of stuff in there that people will sit there and go, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I might not be a firefighter, but, yeah, that that's me. That I, I feel that the whether it's the sleep pattern stuff, only just in the last few years has a lot more research being done into sleep and how important sleep is for not just your, your, you know, your recovery and things like that, but your mental health as yeah. well. It's so, so yeah. important. Um, the other thing, like for me working night shift, lack of sun, not seeing the sun, super, super important for your mental health. You know, we're not nocturnal creatures. It's unnatural for humans to be awake and working and up all night and not being up during the day um, and, and getting the vitamin D and sunshine, that's a massive thing too that we're only just starting to realise. But I think the other point in Buzz's story as well was the first therapist that he went to see didn't really gel with. So I yeah. think another thing a lot of people do is they they the hardest thing is is admitting and taking that first step and admitting that you've got a problem and reaching out to see someone and they might not gel with that first therapist they go to. So then they just go back into their shell like Buzz did and didn't talk to anyone else about it for a year and a half. And then a lot of people never take that step to go back and talk to someone again. That's it's yeah. so important to realize that maybe you won't gel with the first one, but the second one or the third one might be the one that saves your life. And that's what we are talking about at the end of the day. Um, it, like you said, if you're tired and you're not thinking straight, then maybe that thought of driving into a tree is something that wins over if you're not mentally and physically able to comprehend, you know, that kind of a thought. But um, do you want me to read the next story or are we we too far down right now? Do I need a dad joke in here to, to spice things up? Because <laughs> <laughs> I created a dad joke channel. I, 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 noticed that. That. I noticed you've taken inspiration <laughs> from my stream because I actually have a segment when I stream oh, where my, my youngest actually comes in and does a dad joke. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, yeah, anyways, I'm so, sorry, Cal. I'm I'll not take credit your, for that. I, I, uh, it's actually from TikTok. My TikTok feed got invaded by... Um, dad jokes so i'm like eh, i'm gonna just nice. share them at least if i write them down i remember to tell my kids and my kids love it so <laughs> um what do you call a hunter with without body or nose without body or nose you should have the answer because it's in discord uh it's nobody knows there you go yeah so let's yeah. let's move on to <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's one Sorry. I heard last week there's I, I, this is probably one of my favorite all-time jokes now this one I'll, I'll say it to you, Wilco. Wilco. Okay. What's uh, what's got five toes, but isn't your foot? I said this to my son yesterday, so I know. God, it's your it. foot. 
My foot. Your foot. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in my family loved it. It was great. I was the That's best. It's one of the, the best ones I've heard oh, recently. There was, um, Dad, can you tell me about the solar, the solar eclipse? No, son. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the best one I've heard is um, it starts out, I've got a knock-knock joke, but someone else has to start it. Knock-knock. Who's there? i got no idea. That's the joke. I know. Oh, <laughs> I, a, I, I have heard. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I had a racing one the other day, which I threw into the channel, which was basically uh, I told my wife that I could make a car out of spaghetti. You should have seen her face when I drove past her. Yeah. There we go. Dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, I think we're ready for another story. The last one mm. of the night. Thank you very much. Uh, so... Nathan, who you know from our racing team as well, uh, wrote in, and I'm just trying to find uh, the start of it. Um, he posted something in our, we've got a mental health channel in our Discord, so if you want to get in our Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord mace, there'll be a link that works. Otherwise, message me and I'll get you a link. Um, but, yeah, he posted in the mental health cha- channel a way back, uh, uh, giving you a bit of a, um, story of of his background of where his fight with um, depression led him, but he's got a bit of an update and he wants to want me to go into a bit more detail about it. So, I've got this story right here. Um, his psych uh, retired in twenty twenty two, and so the prescribing powers were passed uh, to his GP, but he ended up retiring last year and so i required this is talking about his actual prescriptions that he was getting um these antidepressants uh so i re- uh, required to get another diagnosis and a new psych as i had no authorized no one authorized to prescribe my meds problem is that i was diagnosed with treatment resistant depression back in 2005 after years of failed treatments uh, including old stuff like lithium and electroconvulsive therapy. Um, but a psych I saw tried me on dexafamtamine uh, in 20, 2007, which was meant to be a good uh, adjacent uh, with an antidepressant to help treatment-resistant depression. Uh, and it worked. I was able to build myself back up again and finished studying and had a part-time job and got more serious with the young woman who was in my, who is now my wife. Uh, it really helped me out of an event and eventually I dropped the antidepressants and stayed on the dexafamatine. I'm murdering that, sorry. But it was it's a controlled substance and it's hard to get permission to prescribe. To get around that, some of the psychs include including the most recent one, uh, have instead diagnosed me with ADHD, uh, not because they thought I had it, but it was easier for me to get the script. Anyway, the COVID lockdowns, people became more, again, to realise they had ADHD uh, and it's overwhelming, overwhelmed the existing psychs and mental health systems. Now a new industry has cropped up of psychs who perform an assessment over video consult and provide a letter to a GP to prescribe it, but it's very pricey. At least in Victoria, there are no psychs who deal with ADHD and this prescribe and this prescribed Daxafilm, you know that thing. Mm-hmm. Outside of this system, uh, so I had uh, had to get a referral to make an appointment for an assessment, even though I had been taking it since two thousand and seven, with a short break in twenty twelve to try other stuff. Anyway, I paid $700 deposit and got all freaked out that they'd not prescribe it to me because the treatment resistant depression and not ADHD. But I had no other choice and paid the next $800 and went along. I had to do all the questionnaires beforehand and provide all the school reports and previous psych reports. I thought that the fact that I, I have all this documentation correctly filled out uh, was the giveaway that I don't have ADHD. Uh, to my surprise, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Uh, the science has expanded on this, and apparently there are three types. Hyperactive, intentive, intentive, and combined. I'm inattentive. Uh, this had me reading up on it 
uh, all, and I was a, like a light turned on as so much started to make sense. The psych believed my previous struggles were due to becoming burnout from trying to deal with life whilst uh, having a poor ex- executive function and being untreated for ADHD. It certainly explained the medication failures uh, type of thing. So I've been reading up on this and trying to incorporate techniques into my life. Overall, I'd say the moral to the story is that you should not think that you are without hope and no one or nothing can help, even if it feels that way. Progress is just a new development in science or a treatment away. Just got to hold on and keep moving, even if you have to stop for a little rest or move slowly. Okay. That is the next story. Does that ring any bells for you, Wes? Well, I think... I think the the points to talk about with that is you know one of my one of my best mates that I lived with when I first moved to Melbourne nine years ago lived with him for a couple of years worked with him for a few years as well and you know he deals with anxiety and and you know in and out of depression depressive states and stuff like that as well and what he's come to understand is that. It, it's it's never it's probably never going to be over. It's going to be something that is always there, and it's learning how to manage it. So we're talking about over long periods of time, and I think a really important point out of that story is that yeah, the science and the studies into all of this stuff is there's only more money going into the studies now because of how prevalent mental health issues are becoming. We're learning more and more and more every year. And if you've been and you've tried to find help previously and you haven't had any luck, that doesn't mean that, you know, now, a couple of years later, you couldn't go back and then all of a sudden maybe they understand more about that and there's a new diagnosis or there's a new system or there's a new medication or there's a new treatment that, like, in that story, all the pe- all the light bulb went off, and all the pieces all of a sudden fit together. And it, when that, I can only assume when that moment happens, would be like a weight off his shoulders. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I pull it back to the story I, I threw at the start, which is uh, my mate who just came out of ICU. Uh, the underlying problem is anxiety. He drinks to get away from the anxiety or to relieve the anxiety. And it was this thing I was discussing today is, like, he hasn't been really, I, I, I can't say too much, but, um, you know, it, it's the thing of it could be something like this. And then my other friend that I mentioned, um, her, like, the whole family got diagnosed, they got tested for ADHD and they found the father had it, uh, the son had it, uh, then they found out that her brother had it and, and all these other things and, the lack of dealing with it for the brother was what also then sent him on the alcohol path and the substance abuse part, and mm. that ended up is what cost him his life. So it's these little things that you think, oh, they're letters and they just make it like I've never really put too much effort into the whole ADHD side of it, and then but hearing these stories a lot more lately, it's something that you've really got to take seriously because it is life-changing. As Nathan said, the light bulb went off and he's got a whole new life. One of the big things with ADHD and uh, to, uh, I think, certain degrees, uh, certain levels of autism as well, is it comes with anxiety and depression, primarily because you don't know why you are the way you are. Mm. And you're trying to fit into the mould of a normal human, but you're not, you don't think the same way. So therefore you start thinking, why am I not getting this concept or why aren't I doing these things the way that I should be doing them? That's just because your brain doesn't think that way. That's not how you work. So then you start getting anxious. You start getting depressed that you're not fitting in with it, which as soon as you started, uh, you mentioned in Nathan's story that he got put on Dexies. I was like, oh, he's ADHD. (laughs) That's yeah. that's what it would have been because that's ADHD medicine, and he started feeling better because of that. And then um, hearing that there's no one in Victoria that specialises in ADHD doesn't surprise me because I think it's about a nine month wait to get into a psychologist here in the ACT. 
just for your initial consultation and then, you know, you've got to go through all the other stuff before you even get the diag- uh, diagnosis and all that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, as soon as it's like, yeah, they were like, yeah, no, your ADHD is like, no, it, it all makes sense. Mm. <laughs> it one, is one, one of those thing things. Did, one thing that did touch on, you made a very good point, Wes, is that, I mean, I even remember back to sort of my primary school days and you had kids with hyperactivity. That was the thing. Everyone, you know, if their kid was misbehaving or something, oh, they were hyperactive. And then that became attention deficit disorder. That then became ADHD. And then you're finding that you've got varying versions of it, which makes complete sense when you actually start thinking about it, how it manifests itself. And, you know, and like you said, that just comes with research and, and further further development of the of the particular um area of study and the same goes with autism firstly it was you know autism and then you know asperger's was being bounced around as a particular type of autism and now they realize well it doesn't it's not just a thing it comes in varying different kinds some people are very high functioning very some of you know some can't communicate at all and all sorts of matters in between and the way that that is and I hate to use the word treated, but the way that they just, you know, approach these days is probably a better, is, is far more mature than it has been even five years ago. And even the perception in, in the public of that, you know, back again, 10, 15 years ago, people would have been just, you know, either martyred, put in a corner, you know, treated with all sorts of weird drugs to try and make them normal, where even just the acceptance of those of, of people with, with, with those conditions is 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 far more normalised than it ever has been, which is nothing but positive in my opinion. Hmm. I, I can remember back in uh, when I was in primary school, one of the kids there was diagnosed with ADD and it, being a small school and all that sort of stuff, everybody in the, the community knew about it at that point and I can specifically remember my mum's boyfriend going, ah, oh, there's no such thing as ADD. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. He's, no, he's, just, all, he's just acting up as a child. It, it, well, that's, that's right. all it, it is. Be, he just needs a good smack across the head and he'll be fine. Yeah. And it's like, that's well, not right. Well, it used to be directly linked <laughs> like, to even his behaviour, like, right? That's not, yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. it was directly, the, the naughty kid was always the one with hyperactivity. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's right. not well, because, no, it's not no, because they're like, genuinely <laughs> a bad kid. It's just because they don't connect with how they yeah. how they how they see the world and how they interact with the world is just vastly different from the the majority of, of of what we consider normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's just wild that we've gone from like a generation of people that are like, yeah, that doesn't exist. You're just, you know, acting up, like mm. get in line, do your thing to, oh, yeah, maybe there is a little something there that, you know, you're not wired properly in your head. So we'll give you drugs to, you know, mellow you out and all that sort of stuff to now going, oh, it's literally every person in some way is. It's just mm. these people that have been diagnosed with it are at a point where it's causing them to struggle with the day-to-day. Have you ever, uh, obviously those were kids, ever considered getting your kids tested early or thought about that kind of stuff? Oh, I haven't. Not yet, no. The, does it... it has crossed my mind. We... <laughs> with one of them. <laughs> um, the, the, the middle? Yeah. Sorry, let's go. I was just going to say, sometimes we, we, we do think the middle child, the three-year-old, we sort of look, we throw it around as a bit of a joke every now and then about you know, bipolar syndrome because I don't know whether it's just a, a, a toddler thing sometimes, but sometimes she'll go from the nicest, most angelic child to a complete psychopath. Mm. You know, it, 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 over the over the smallest things, at the drop of a hat, um, things will just happen, and yeah, like I said, we sort of joke about it. We haven't really thought about taking her anywhere like that because I don't think it's all that bad. Doesn't happen all that often, but it's definitely something that's in the back of our minds to keep an eye on her behaviour in that sense and see where it goes. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's something that um uh, I've definitely wanted to for one of my children in particular um there's we've had major struggles and it's been when i was at my worst i wasn't handling it either so that Mm. was a an added pressure 
which look back then we probably should have gone and got something tested and and found out that that and that would have just solved one of our many problems that we we were dealing with at the time so um it's interesting you say that because okay. the other flip side of it because it's become such such commonplace not commonplace but it's it is far, people are far more aware of it have you also noticed that we get a, a lot more you know pop psychologist floating around like yeah you might mention that your kid displays a certain level of behavior and that oh yeah definitely adhd like i literally had that happen mm. to me about three weeks ago where um <laughs> yeah someone went oh well that's clearly you know symptomatic of adhd I'm like, yeah. you, like where's your piece of paper to tell me that mate because you're just <laughs> reading from three tiktoks and two facebook pages yeah. i'm not yeah so you, but you then you got to go. Then you counter that with, well, hang on a minute, maybe there is something. Maybe like you just start to second guess yourself. Yeah. You really and then do. what do you do? Like if you if you leave it untreated in your child for so long, and then it becomes a problem down the track. Like, mm. could you've done? Like it's it's such a whole different ball of wax than it was when I was growing up. Because now I've got mm. to deal with it with someone that I'm raising, and you're like, well, if you do, and then. Is there a stigma around it? It's a, it's going to be costly, um, and it's going to be a weight, and then it's something else you've got to deal with. But I guess I don't know. So, I was just seeing where you guys, if you guys had dealt with anything like that before. I guess it's one of those things that right, there's never going to be a good time or a convenient time to go no. and start the process, right? <laughs> whether whether that's for yourself seeking help or making a change in your lifestyle that should benefit you or whether it's with your kids, there's never the perfect time to go and do it. It's just a matter of you, if you if you have that thought, you just have to do it. You've just got to commit to it. And I guess if you if you, if you had a serious thought about it, wouldn't you wouldn't you prefer to know? Yeah. Yeah. Then I mean, ignore it that... and let it fester and develop into something down years and years down the track. Yeah. That's something that I've been considering looking into for myself because I've got a number of friends that are ADHD and uh, high-functioning autism and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of the stuff, times that I'm talking to them, I'll mention that I've done something. They're like, you do realize that that's like a, a thing that ADHD people do? And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe I should get checked out just to, you know, yeah. make sure. Or you know, get some medication that will help me. Yeah, one of the I, big things is I'm lazy, which is I would you know, consider you lazy, butters. You've streamed like yakuza religiously all the time. Yeah, it's because I'm probably hyper fixated on it. <laughs> Maybe there we go. <laughs> that's that's, that's found that's the answer. The, that's the easy that's thing it. for me to do is because that's what I want to do. It's when oh, I've got to like I don't know do the dishes or go mow the lawn or something like that. Mm. It's like, ah, I don't really want to do, I don't want to do that. I think we've just self-diagnosed you, right? I think yeah. Officially. I've got a bit of paper on my wall. You can see it right there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as I mentioned, like I've got like a nine-month wait once I put my name on the <laughs> list before I can even get in to see somebody about it. And who knows that if that one. person's going to be, you know, the one that's actually going to, be a, a good psychologist because I've heard some horror stories about some of them around Canberra mm. where it's like, why are you in the business of diagnosing people with ADHD if you seem to hate people with ADHD? Like, what's going on here? Wow. That's not seem right. <laughs> a- anyway, I know I've kept Wes way too long, so <laughs> I'm going to start wrapping this thing up. Uh, you've heard how busy the man is. He needs sleep. Uh, but it is, we are hitting the hour mark. So, look, Thank you, Wes, for joining us tonight. That, my pleasure. I hope we didn't disappoint. Um, but hopefully we'll get you back in a month's time and we'll do it again um, mm-hmm. if this format works. Cal, yep. thank you for joining us tonight, mate. Always and a pleasure. Butters, the official ADHD man uh, we've been diagnosed. Maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll go ahead you go if you do. Diagnosis. Yeah. yeah, there you go. go if we're you. doing it again in a month, hopefully you've put your name down, Butters. Yeah. There you go. But anyway, look, thank you all for listening. If you do want to contact us, uh, hit us up through the Facebook page, Locked On Lads. Uh, contact us at lockedonlads.com slash. No, why is it slash? You know, 
um, email. Contact us at lockedonlads.com is the email address. Uh, I'll hit us up in the Discord if you want to join that Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord. Otherwise, message me on the Facebook page or the email and I'll get you that link as well. Uh, it's been really good. If you want to share a story with us for next month, um, please do. Uh, happy to keep it anonymous if you do want to, but we want to hear your stories and hopefully it helps out. If you have any feedback on anything we've said tonight, um, please let us know. If you do need help, please contact someone professional, not myself, um, Beyond Blue, as we mentioned before, uh, or your local GP is probably your best option, to be honest. Um, don't let it just go without um, getting it sorted. But uh, until next time, thank you, everyone, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.